Chapter Twenty Three of the Wolf Leader by Alexander Dumas, translated by Alfred Allenson, eighteen fifty-two to nineteen twenty-nine. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia. Chapter Twenty Three: The Anniversary. As soon as Thibault ceased to hear the furious cries of his pursuers behind him, he slackened his pace, and the usual silence again reigning throughout the forest, he paused and sat down on a heap of stones. He was in such a troubled state of mind that he did not recognize where he was until he began to notice that some of the stones were blackened, as if they had been licked by flames. They were the stones of his own former hearth. Chance had led him to the spot where, a few months previously, his hut had stood. The shoemaker evidently felt the bitterness of the comparison between the peaceful past and this terrible present, for large tears rolled down his cheeks and fell upon the cinders at his feet. He heard midnight strike from the Wanyi church clock, then one after the other from the other neighboring village towers. At this moment the priest was listening to Agnelletta's dying prayers. "'Cursed be the day!' cried Thibault. "'When I first wished for anything beyond what God chooses to put within the reach of a poor workman, cursed be the day when the black wolf gave me the power to do evil, for the ill that I have done, instead of adding to my happiness, has destroyed it forever!' A loud laugh was heard behind Thibault's back. He turned. There was the black wolf himself, creeping noiselessly along like a dog coming to rejoin its master. The wolf would have been invisible in the gloom but for the flames shot forth from his eyes, which illuminated the darkness. He went round the hearth and sat down facing the shoemaker. "'What's this?' he said. "'Master Thibault not satisfied. It seems that Master Thibault is difficult to please.' "'How can I feel satisfied?' said Thibault. "'I, who since I first met you have known nothing but vain aspirations and endless regrets. I wished for riches, and here I am in despair at having lost the humble roof of Bracken under shelter, of which I could sleep in peace without anxiety as to the morrow, without troubling myself about the rain or the wind beating against the branches of the giant oaks. I wished for position, and here I am, stoned and hunted down by the lowest peasants.' whom formerly I despised. I asked for love, and the only woman who loved me and whom I loved became the wife of another, and she is at this moment cursing me as she lies dying, while I, notwithstanding all the power you have given me, can do nothing to help her. Leave off loving anybody but yourself, Thibault. Oh, uh, yes, laugh at me, do. I'm not laughing at you. But you do not cast envious eyes on other people's property before you had set eyes on me? Yes, for a wretched buck of which there are hundreds just as good browsing in the forest. You thought your wishes were going to stop at the buck, Thibault, but wishes lead on to one another, as the night to the day and the day to the night. When you wished for the buck, you also wished for the silver dish on which it would be served. The silver dish led you on to wish for the servant who carries it and for the carver who cuts up its contents. Ambition is like the vault of heaven. It appears to be bounded by the horizon, but it covers the whole earth. You disdained Agnelette's innocence and went after Madame Poulet's mill. If you had gained the mill, you would immediately have wanted the house of the bailiff Magloire, and his house would have had no further attraction for you when once you had seen the castle of Montgobert. You are one in your envious disposition with the fallen angel, your master and mine. Only as you were not clever enough to reap the benefit that might have accrued to you from your power of inflicting evil, 
it would perhaps have been more to your interest to continue to lead an honest life yes indeed replied the shoemaker i feel the truth of the proverb evil to him who evil wishes but he continued can i not become an honest man again the wolf gave a mocking chuckle <laughs> my good fellow the devil can drag a man to hell he said by a single hair have you ever counted how many of yours now belong to him no i cannot tell you that exactly either but i know how many you have which are still your own you have one left you see it is long past the time for repentance but if a man is lost when but one of his hairs belongs to the devil said thibault why cannot god likewise save a man in virtue of a single hair well try if that is so and besides when i concluded that unhappy bargain with you i did not understand that it was to be a compact of this kind oh yes i know all about the bad faith of you men was it no compact then to consent to give me your hairs you stupid fool since men invented baptism we do not know how to get hold of them and so in return for any concessions we make them we are bound to insist on their relinquishing to us some part of their body on which we can lay hands you gave us the hairs of your head they are firmly rooted as you have proved yourself and will not come away in our grasp no no thibault you have belonged to us ever since standing on the threshold of the door that was once there you cherished within you thoughts of deceit and violence and so cried thibault passionately rising and stamping his foot and so i am lost as regards the next world without having enjoyed the pleasures of this you can yet enjoy these and how i pray by boldly following the path that you have struck by chance and resolutely determining on a course of conduct which you have adopted as yet only in a half-hearted way in short by frankly owning yourself to be one of us and how am i to do this take my place and what then you will then acquire my power and you will have nothing left to wish for if your power is so great if it can give you all the riches that i long for why do you give it up do not trouble yourself about me the master for whom i shall have won a retainer will liberally reward me and if i take your place shall i also have to take your form yes in the night-time by day you will be a man again the nights are long dark full of snares i may be brought down by a bullet from a keeper or be caught in a trap and then good-bye riches good-bye position and pleasure not so for this skin that covers me is impenetrable by iron lead or steel as long as it protects your body you will be not only invulnerable but immortal once a year like all werewolves you will become a wolf again for four-and-twenty hours and during that interval you will be in danger of death like any other animal i had just reached that dangerous time a year ago to-day when we first met ah said thibault that explains why you feared my lord baron's dogs when we have dealings with men we are forbidden to speak anything but the truth and the whole truth it is for them to accept or refuse you have boasted to me of the power that i should acquire tell me now in what that power will consist it will be such that even the most powerful king will not be able to withstand it since his power is limited by the human and the possible 
Shall I be rich? So rich that you will come in time to despise riches, since by the mere force of your will you will obtain not only what men can only acquire with gold and silver, but also all that superior beings get by their conjurations. Shall I be able to revenge myself on my enemies? You will have unlimited power over everything which is connected with evil. If I love a woman, will there again be a possibility of my losing her? As you will have dominion over all your fellow creatures, you will be able to do with them what you like. There will be no power to enable them to escape from the trammels of my will. Nothing, except death, which is stronger than all. And I shall only run the risk of death myself on one day out of the three hundred and sixty-five. On one day only, during the remaining days, nothing can harm you, neither iron, lead, nor steel, neither water, nor fire. And there is no deceit, no trap to catch me in your words? None. On my honor as a wolf. Good, said Thibault. Then let it be so, a wolf for four and twenty hours, for the rest of the time, the monarch of creation. What am I to do? I am ready. Pick a holly leaf, tear it in three pieces with your teeth, and throw it away from you as far as you can. Thibault did as he was commanded. Having torn the leaf in three pieces, he scattered them on the air, and although the night till then had been a peaceful one, there was immediately heard a loud peal of thunder, while a tempestuous whirlwind arose, which caught up the fragments and carried them whirling away with it. "'And now, Brother Thibault,' said the wolf, "'take my place, and good luck be with you. As was my case just a year ago, so you will have to become a wolf for four and twenty hours. You must endeavor to come out of the ordeal as happily as I did, thanks to you, and then you will see, realized all that I have promised you.' Meanwhile, I will pray the lord of the cloven hoof that he will protect you from the teeth of the baron's hounds, for, by the devil himself, I take a genuine interest in you, friend Thibault. And then it seemed to Thibault that he saw the black wolf grow larger and taller, that it stood up on its hind legs and finally walked away in the form of a man, who made a sign to him with his hand as he disappeared. We say, it seemed to him, for Thibault's ideas for a second or two became very indistinct. A feeling of torpor passed over him, paralyzing his power of thought. When he came to himself he was alone, his limbs were imprisoned in a new and unusual form. He had in short become in every respect the counterpart of the black wolf that a few minutes before had been speaking to him. One single white hair on his head alone shone in contrast to the remainder of the somber colored fur. This one white hair of the wolf was the one black hair which had remained to the man. Thibault had scarcely had time to recover himself when he fancied he heard a rustling among the bushes and the sound of a low, muffled bark. He thought of the baron and his hounds and trembled. Thus, metamorphosed into the black wolf, he decided that he would not do what his predecessor had done and wait till the dogs were upon him. It was probably a bloodhound he had heard, and he would get away before the hounds were uncoupled. He made off, striking straight ahead as is the manner of wolves, and it was a profound satisfaction to him to find that in his new form he had tenfold his former strength and elasticity of limb. By the devil in his horns! The voice of the Lord of Vez was now heard to say to his new huntsman a few paces off, You hold the leash too slack, my lad. You have let the bloodhound give tongue, and we shall never head the wolf back now. I was in fault, do not deny it, my lord. 
but as i saw it go by last evening only a few yards from this spot i never guessed that it would take up its quarters for the night in this part of the wood and that it was so close to us as all that are you sure it is the same one that has got away from us so often may the bread i eat in your service choke me my lord if it is not the same black wolf that we were chasing last year when poor marcotta was drowned i should like finally to put the dogs on its track said the baron with a sigh my lord has but to give the order and we will do so but he will allow me to observe that we have still two good hours of darkness before us time enough for every horse we have to break its legs that may be but if we wait for the day lavaille the fellow will have had time to get ten leagues away ten leagues at least said lavaille shaking his head i have got this cursed black wolf on my brain added the baron and i have such a longing to have its skin that i feel sure i shall catch an illness if i do not get hold of it well then my lord let us have the dogs out without a moment's loss of time you are right lavaille go and fetch the hounds Levaille went back to his horse that he had tied to a tree outside the wood and went off at a gallop and in ten minutes time which seemed like ten centuries to the baron he was back with the whole hunting train the hounds were immediately uncoupled gently gently my lads said the lord of vez you forget you are not handling your old well-trained dogs if you get excited with these raw recruits they'll merely kick up a devil of a row and be no more good than so many turnspits let em get warmed up by degrees and indeed the dogs were no sooner loose than two or three got at once onto the scent of the werewolf and began to give cry whereupon the others joined them the whole pack started off on thibault's track at first quietly following up the scent and only giving cry at long intervals then more excitedly and of more accord until they had so thoroughly imbibed the odor of the wolf ahead of them and the scent had become so strong that they tore along baying furiously and with unparalleled eagerness in the direction of the ivor coppice well begun is half done cried the baron you look after the relays levaille i want them ready whenever needed i will encourage the dogs and you be on alert you others he added addressing himself to the younger keepers we have more than one defeat to avenge and if i lose this view halloo through the fault of any one among you by the devil in his horns he shall be the dog's quarry in place of the wolf after pronouncing these words of encouragement the baron put his horse to the gallop and although it was still pitch dark and the ground was rough he kept the animal going at top speed so as to come up with the hounds which could be heard giving tongue in the lowlands about bourg fontaine End of chapter twenty three recording by john van stan savannah georgia